Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. This is number four in our kingdom series. This will be my last one in this series. I could talk about it forever, but, uh, you know, starting with the idea, this world does not 100% reflect what God wants for humanity. It doesn't because he gave mankind dominion over this planet. And right now, the way God expresses his sovereignty in the earth is in collaboration with us. Are you with me? The way that God expresses his rule and reign over all of creation is by his own decree in collaboration with mankind. Now, there will come a time, and we don't really even know what all that looks like, but he, the kingdoms of this earth will be taken over by his kingdom, and he will physically rule and reign on this planet. Praise God for that. And however that happens, you know, people, I'm telling you, there's people have, we, there's, we all have all different kinds of perspectives and views of what's going to happen between now and then. I, I can't say I know for sure. What I do know for sure is this. The kingdom of God was cast into this earth as that rock, Jesus, that, the, that Daniel prophesied and interpreted King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And that rock will become a mountain, which is the kingdom being established in the entire planet. Amen. It's verified in Matthew when it says they have seen, talking about Isaiah's prophecy, the great light in Zebulon. And that light, looking at Isaiah's talking about it, is the kingdom beginning to be established to which there will be no end to its increase. Amen? That's where I'm coming from. I'm coming from there's hope. And I so appreciate what Mike is saying because, you know, what, what I see Mike doing is that he's a missionary to that area, right? Amen. We've got different people that go, you know, we do missions work in Kenya. Josh and Cassidy did missions work in Nepal, right? Other people, how many of you ever been on a mission trip anywhere, right? You, you take the gospel to those places. Um, he, you know, President Trump coined a phrase for particular third world countries that, it, you know, I can't really say it in church, but it's like, you can use it for where he's called to. <laughs> Now you've got to repent for saying that word in your head, but anyway. That's what I see what Mike is doing, is that he's called into that area. And so you could rough, get your feathers ruffled and say, we don't need to be talking about politics. Well, this is, first off, it's not a political issue. It's a humanitarian issue. But somebody like him called to that arena. And if you don't know, he was a state senator, ran for Congress, and there's something else coming. Whatever the next phase is of God that God has for him to represent the kingdom in politics... Better you than me. Praise God. <laughs> but when you're called, you're called. That's right. So the kingdom, let me click through here. Jesus started out, the kingdom is near. The kingdom is at hand. And then we see that the kingdom is increasing. We walk through all those prophecies. The, Jesus says the kingdom is within. And we've gotten to the idea that the indwelling kingdom of God affects the world through you. You carry his presence. You carry his gospel. Your heart is full of his instruction, his laws, 
laws are instruction for you, have, for you to live and represent him, but also to show the world. You know, we, it's like I was talking to Ryan this morning. We were talking about kids, you know, and I, I, I realized that with raising children, and sometimes you expect them to behave certain ways, but you haven't taught them yet that they're supposed to behave that way. So you start getting mad at them for something that they don't know right from wrong from, and then you realize, wait a minute, I, should, I need to teach them. And Sydney says, amen. amen. <laughs> you have to teach them what you expect from them and where the boundaries are, and then they'll know, right? The world doesn't know because a large part of it hasn't come into that unison, into that oneness with God to have that indwelling presence leading them and guiding them. They haven't shifted their mind and yielded to his lordship to receive that. So we, rather than retreating, need to realize, no, I'm going to participate in the increase of his kingdom. No matter what happens between now and the full revelation of God's presence and kingdom on this planet, I am going to carry his presence wherever I go, and he is collaborating with me, that we co-labor with him to bring his instructions to this earth. And this is the idea. It's not just in word and deed. It's also in the attitudes of the heart. It's also in knowing who he is in you and how he works. And so you see Jesus talking about the kingdom. Jesus talks about the intangible aspects of the kingdom. But through science, we can look at <coughs> intangibles that we don't know how things work and relate them to understand kingdom. I kind of just threw some stuff together there. But I want to get to that in just a second here. I'm going to click through this. So the kingdom of God is reigning in you and increasing through you. Right. Amen? Amen? So what else do we know about his kingdom? Think about that. What do you know? What's, what passages come to mind when you think about his kingdom? For me, it's that we have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Amen? So, like, when we start thinking about kingdom, we start thinking, because, see, here, here, here's why we talk about kingdom. is because really what we carry to the world is the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's, that's the full label of what it is that we carry to the earth, that we preach and that we administer and teach in and extract from the Bible and teach from and work it all out. It's the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, right? It's not just the gospel, it's the gospel of the kingdom. In other words, all those prophecies that God made through those Old Testament prophets, that one day there would be a new covenant, and once that is established, God would no longer hold your sin against you. Gospel of the kingdom. Gospel of when God's kingdom is in this earth, what it looks like, the good news about that is God is no longer holding your sin against you. Now, all of this stuff was revealed through Israel, and they lived you know, hundreds of years managing every thought because God was holding their sin against them. That was the context of the relationship. Now he says, when the kingdom is here, no longer holding your sin against you. Amen. Wow. We should be thankful for that one. Amen. I will give you a new heart. And really what we know is that that's the inner man. Some people call it nature. Whatever, however you want to label it, it's almost like you... What defines you was taken out that was dead and put in, a new one was put in. The kind of being that you are is a righteous child of God now and forevermore. 
And what you're doing is engaging in mind renewal so that you live within that spiritual reality toward the world, carrying the gospel of the kingdom. Amen? So we want to understand the kingdom. Jesus taught a lot about the kingdom. He taught in parables. Um, <clears throat> I like to look at modern-day parables. I, you know, I think if he were here today, he would be using the language of science to talk to us. You know, science is not our enemy. Thank you. Amen. It validates and verifies the power of God. I think, you know, all right, I'm just going to keep going here. So I'm, you know, looking at this idea, Romans 120, uh, to, to get where we're going to talk about modern day kingdom parables. Romans 120 says, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal, you know, I love that this kind of stuff has been revealed, has been revealed to us. You know, he didn't have to tell us this. But the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, say clearly, clearly. being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. Every person on the planet, even whether they ever hear about the Jewish carpenter that walked the streets of Jerusalem, that hung on a cross, somehow God has revealed it within the hearts of mankind just by observing nature that he's real and that he loves them and he's reached to them. I don't really understand all that. We all have those kinds of questions. It's like, well, what, I'm not, I'm not going to try to define that for you. But what I know is that God is not unjust. Amen. Amen. It is his mercy that endures forever. I'm not trying to say everybody's already saved or anything like that, but I'm just saying he's a lot craftier in revealing to the world who he is than we might give him credit for, you know. Let's keep going. So today I want to talk about this idea, Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking. In other words, not external, it's not about what you do, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom of God is not when everybody perfectly follows God's rules and reaches the place of righteousness and now God's kingdom is in order because you've done the right thing. No, it's first and foremost brought to this earth. In G I see Jesus as like a seed planted in the earth that's growing the kingdom. And he's in you and it's growing through you. And it is advancing and increasing and ultimately will take over everything. Peter talks about this idea that what God is doing is bringing everything in earth and in heaven together in Christ unto the restoration of all things. Praise God. Amen. That's the future. That is the eternal reality that we are engaged in and will experience no matter what future years might hold, of which I don't know. But I do know this. Amen? So... The kingdom of God is inner. It's in you. And so for you to experience the kingdom of God is to live within this idea of righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, righteous mostly means as it should be. You are as you should be with the Father because you have been given the state of being that is righteous. I don't know why I'm making a square. What does that mean? Does anybody understand that one? <laughs> Maybe I'll make a circle. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> like righteousness is not, I kept the law, I avoided sin, I have attained righteousness. It doesn't come that way. 
It doesn't come through works of the flesh or through keeping the law. Sin is revealed by the law. The law was never meant for righteousness. Righteousness is a state of existence. And that state of existence, that state of being is given to you because Jesus bore your sin, became your sin, died the death that you deserve, went into the grave and conquered death for you. Amen? Amen. He rose again with his own blood, spread it in that heavenly holy of holies as a testimony of your righteousness. In other words, you go there, you can stand before God and say, I belong here because that blood is right there. That's my testimony. And God would say, yep. You got it. All right. So I'm going to run through these kingdom, modern day kingdom parables. Parables. How many of you were not here last week or you didn't watch online and you did not hear the DNA and the photon stuff? Okay. Let me run through that quickly. I'm going to give you kind of the conclusion that we walked through, and that is our emotions affect our DNA regardless of space and time. Now, these are just studies that were done. Uh, people, you, you're free to draw whatever conclusions you'd like, and sometimes people get a little nutty with the types of conclusions that they draw and the types of applications that they draw, but we do know this. These studies were repeated, verified. This happens. Here's the control room. I'm going to run through it real quick just so that as a refresher, but then also for the new folks. Not new folks. You know what I mean. All right. Imagine in a room, and they want to see, observe my DNA. Observe what goes on inside of my body. The DNA are the building blocks of pretty much everything that makes you on the inside physically. There's now what they understand of epigenetics that are emotional things almost that, that also... Like, in other words, your beliefs, your experiences from the past, the things that, that you inherited, ways of thinking from your parents. Also, actually, there, there, is, there is existence for that. I, I don't get all the medical terms right, but like your past and your family, I'm not talking about generational curses, but ways of thinking, beliefs, ways of seeing the world get kind of encoded and passed down to you. And those kinds of things actually can affect the DNA itself. You're not just limited to DNA and then it determines everything. It's kind of in, you know, they work together. So here's the study. Study to persons, observed a person's DNA somehow live within them, subjected them to different stimulus like videos or photos or something that would evoke emotion. And what they noticed is that as the person's emotions changed, their DNA would respond. The person was afraid, stressed, the DNA would constrict. The person was happy, joyful, laughing, it would relax. What we know is that when your DNA is tightened, you're not secreting the proper hormones and the body's not working the way that it's supposed to, but when, you are in a, when the DNA is relaxed, it's working the way that it's supposed to. All the processes in your body work better in a state of relaxation, joy, and peace. So they see your, your emotions affect your DNA. Anger is rottenness to the bones. You ever heard that? That's not just poet poetry. It, that's real. But your emotions actually affect the health of your body because it affects your physical function. All right, so kind of part number two of that study, they took some blood out of a, a person 
removed it, and they measured different, different distances. They got up to 50 miles and just stopped measuring because it's like, we're tired of driving this far or something, I don't know. But, so 50 miles away, the same exact thing. They would just subject people to different videos and images and this, and they would have an emotional reaction. The DNA within their body would have the response, but 50 miles away, the DNA would react exactly the same at the exact same moment. Why? Well, that's what makes people like Einstein, you know, go, uh, he didn't like the spooky stuff about the quantum stuff. And, and, and the, you know, the, and, and the people that study that talk about quantum entanglement. Things are together regardless of space and time. There's a connection. You know, you think about Paul praying on handkerchiefs and sending them out and people experiencing healing after he prayed over those. You know, maybe there's actual science to that. It's not just some kind of mystical thing. If God created this planet, it has a consistent order. Amen. Amen? Why is that important? It's important because we're trying to understand the kingdom, and just like Jesus would use parables about seeds and yeast and leaven and things like that to help us understand the kingdom, I think we can look at what is seen to understand the unseen in science as well. Think about this. This DNA responded regardless of space and time. I mean, what is it that communicated the message that this person was experiencing to their blood 50 miles away? What, what is it? There must be something that we don't understand that is keeping those things connected and causing it to still be reactive as the host is reactive. So there's some kind of field, or we, we don't know. That's where people get a little weird. They call it the unified field theory or realm of potential or, or uh, the divine matrix or whatever. You know, there's all kind of phrases. John's back there. He could probably, you know, say some phrases to it. But So here's the point. You look at that, and even what we see, you remove God out of it and just look at science. There's things happening that have an impact, and we have no idea how it's happening. And it's, but, but one day they'll probably figure out what it is. It might become observable. So I say the kingdom of God is like that as well. The kingdom of God is a realm that we just don't really fully understand. It's not detached from us. It has a consistent function. It's, it, it, it's, it's tangible. The spirit of God is alive and active. Think about that DNA 50 miles away. What is it that's carrying that message and that signal to that DNA? I don't know. But we can use that to say, okay, even in the observed world, things like that happen, you know. They know, they know that dark matter exists. Well, I'm not going to go there anyway. <laughs> Sorry. But the kingdom of God is the same. What if it's just a higher order of energy, a higher dimensional realm of I don't know, call it perfection or light or whatever, but you can't access it unless you're changed to be able to resonate on that frequency or, or in that realm. We see it in the light spectrum. Your eyes can't see infrared, gamma, all that kind of stuff, but it's there with the right instrument. You can observe it. I think so is the kingdom. The kingdom is there. Jesus said it's within you. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what the, king, the, the atmosphere of the kingdom of heaven is that God's not holding your sin against you. He's given you instruction on the inside of you. He's alive. He's active. Jesus said he will lead you and guide you into all truth. He will tell you things to come. He will remind you of what the Father said. 
So when you pray, don't have this picture that you're praying and it somehow he just hears you up there and maybe he sends down a, you know, a heaven letter that floats down into your world and might miss your mailbox. You know, there, there's an active engagement between us and God and we are connected with him in a real tangible way. It's just spirit. We don't understand spirit. But Jesus gave us the example in Mark 4 and he said, here's the mystery of the kingdom. The condition of your heart determines the degree to which the word bears fruit in your life. And I don't mean you're a good or bad person. I mean the degree to which you are convinced of God's nature Amen. and who he really is. That's the difference between great and small faith. One person is more convinced that God is good, that God is a provider and experiences that reality from him. You're open to receive that from him. Then he says, you want to know how it works? It's like this. The farmer casts seed in the ground. He sleeps. He wakes up. He doesn't know how it happens, but it bears fruit after its own kind. The kingdom is seeking to affect your life. Well, let's go to the magnet. Again, another modern-day kingdom parable. What this is is metal shavings uh, with a magnet underneath the paper, and the metal shavings are arranging themselves according to the field, the magnetic field that the magnet underneath is putting out there. There's paper in between the magnet and the metal shavings. However, the metal shavings are rearranging themselves to match the magnetic field of the magnet underneath. <laughs> Pretty cool, right? Now, we can understand magnetic fields. That's something that we can observe. What about kingdom? So if you can understand the unseen by that which is seen, if the kingdom of God is in you, do you see that? Amen. It's rearranging. The kingdom of God has a field coming out of you. Amen. Rearranging your world. Amen. Okay. Modern day kingdom parable. You good with that? The other aspect of the uh, DNA that they studied was photons with DNA. So they had a vacuum chamber of photons, light <laughs> particles, you could say. And they wanted to see what those particles would do to the DNA, to human DNA. Well, they introduced human DNA into the vacuum chamber with random acting light particles. And they did what those metal shavings did. The light particles, the photons, rearranged themselves in geometric structure to match the DNA. It wasn't that the light destroyed the DNA or the photons or it wasn't that the, and there probably was some type of co co collaborative effect. But just like that magnetic field affected the metal shavings, the human DNA affected photons. Amen. Can you see it? Can you see it arranging? You know, and if you think about it, they're getting to the point where it's like everything exists as light, possibly. There's all kind of different theories, but you can start, you know, we're not, I'm not trying to make scientific statements. I'm trying to use what has been observed to understand that which is unseen. And there are some very strange things that happen in the observed realm that shouldn't be happening. In fact, the smaller they go, the more they realize on a quantum small level, it doesn't seem to operate by the same laws of physics that the macro world does. So it is with the kingdom. Deep within you is the kingdom. It doesn't make sense. Can I talk about money? It doesn't make sense for you to give a fixed percentage of your income on a regular basis and then you be able to receive more than you uh, did before. 
What's happening there? There's something spiritual about you giving. I'm not saying you're working God where you give and then he says, oh, I better, they gave and give, give them back, you know. You can't outgive God. Well, somebody just made that up. It's not a cause and effect. It's a cohesive collaboration where when you, you at a heart level, it's not about the money, it's about the heart. Amen. Trusting him. Money is a tool that teaches and leverages your heart to trust him. You want to trust God with finances? Start giving a fixed percentage of your income. I'm telling you. And that's not just a preacher saying that. I would appreciate that. Because <laughs> we got a building to buy and things to do, right? I have no trouble believing in this message and asking you to give big. But under that, I want you to give because it teaches your heart to trust God. That's one of those things that happens that you can't, you know, the carnal mind says... We've got to keep the law and give, and you've got to tithe and keep God happy and rebuke the devourer and all the externals. But kingdom thinking, Christ dwelling within you thinking, realizes my heart is the sole determinant factor of the degree to which the Word of God will bear fruit in my life. And if I want my heart, the soil of my heart, to bear healthy kingdom fruit, I know with my money I can teach it how to trust God. Amen? The sun. I like this graphic here. It's pretty cool. Earth from the sun's in 93 million miles. Is that what it is? Or is that the moon? That's the sun. 93 million miles. I have a rap song in my head that says it. That's why I know it. Anyway. <laughs> By the way, when I, if I had pulled up somewhere a few years ago and there's 50 cop cars out there, I might have turned around and left. But <laughs> I appreciate it now. What do we know about the sun, the effects of the sun, to you, in a healthy way? What does the sun do? Think about it. What does the sun do? Grows life. Vitamin K. Vitamin D. How? How does the sun feed you vitamin D? You thought about it? Think about it. How does the sun bring nutrients? How does the sun do that? Well, that's something that we observe. That thing's 93 million miles away. He said nuclear fusion. Nuclear fusion. <laughs> and that's something that we can observe. What does nuclear fusion in the heaven dimension look like? I mean, really. Because if you can understand the unseen by that which is seen, we can understand that. There must be some type of perpetual energy machine in heaven that releases life. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is giving life to your physical body. If the sun can give you vitamin K, the spirit of God can give you life, can give you wisdom can give you direction, can sanctify you, can cleanse you to the place of perfection within. Amen? Are you seeing that? It's got to be real for us. So how do you engage in this? Well, that's where Jesus kind of loses us. It's like a farmer, casts seed in the ground, wakes up, sleeps, doesn't know how it happens, bears fruit after its own kind. But... You couple that with the idea of righteousness, peace, and joy. The kingdom is within. 
Righteousness, peace, and joy in the kingdom of, uh, in the spirit is the kingdom of God. What is that, Ron Canoli? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Who knows it? Yeah, come on. So, we're blending these modern-day parables of understanding the kingdom. The Spirit of God is real. It's an energy, you could say, not just an energy. God is God, but He has an effect, right? He's like the sun shining in our heart that touches your life and does things within you, brings transformation, gives you wisdom, gives you strength. The, Paul prays that, the inner, that, that your inner man would be strengthened to the full measure of God. Amen? I encourage you, go back to this blog post that I did and go through that Ephesians 3 prayer. And if you go through it and follow those instructions, it's just the formula that I made. It may not work for you. You might find something that works for you. But what it does is it, it frames your mind to be influenced by God and then gives you a few steps to sit and let him speak to you. Now, here's what I've learned. When you hear God, it sounds a lot like you. A lot of us are waiting to hear God and we're waiting for a foreign message to drop into our mind and our thinking that doesn't, that's different from what we're currently thinking. But this is why you have to renew your mind so that you are in agreement in your thinking with God because He's speaking to you, but if you're not thinking that way, you're not going to hear it or you'll question your own thoughts. God sounds a lot like you. So when you sit and pray and you walk through this prayer and then you say, God, I need wisdom and instruction, and you hear a thought and it sounds like it might be scriptural, that's probably God. Put it into practice, if, especially if he says, write a check. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? <laughs> are you with me? The Spirit of God is alive and active, sharp, the Word of God. Spirit, Word, you know, it's all kind of... All right, so let's finish this here. What do you know about... So righteousness, peace, and joy. Here's what I want to do. I want to... How, how can you... So how can you interact and experience this kingdom? With magnets, the magnet is there. The shavings are on top of the magnet. It responds to the field, right? With the sun, you get out in the sun. You could hide from the sun, but if you get out in the sun, it has what it... It does what it does. The sun does what it does. If you put a plant out there in the light, it's going to grow. How can you expose your heart to God? This is what we want to do. We want to expose our heart to God so it will grow the word and the kingdom through us. Amen? And, and transformation. And what, So if we know, and this is kind of just something I feel like God showed me, is that if the environment of the kingdom within, because it's an inner kingdom, is righteousness, peace, and joy... Till up the garden of your heart with righteousness, peace, and joy. So, what do you know about righteousness? We kind of talked about it already. Is it something you earn or live up to? No. Maybe something like this. He became sin so you could become righteous. Righteousness, peace, and joy is the kingdom of God in the spirit. Right? You've got the kingdom within. You want the kingdom to bear fruit. You breathe on that heart righteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin for me so that I would become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. I am in right standing with God right now. You see that? That's exposing your heart to the Son. You affirm your identity in Him based on what He did for you. Rest in your identity in Him. It's, it's more than just quoting Scripture. 
It's like taking a plant and putting it out. You know that phrase, if you're not familiar with Mark 4, there's a phrase in there that when Jesus gives this parable, he says, you know, somebody doesn't take the light and hide it. They put it out and where it can be seen. I think that's the same principle. He's like, so you've got to be active. Expose your heart by you digging in the Word. And I've got a couple of different resources. I've got a list on our, I put it on the church website too, a whole list of in Him passages. Read through those and own it. Feel it. Not just read it, but feel it. What is it? This is who I am. Righteousness, peace, and joy. You're exposing your heart to God because something's happening. Just like vitamins come from the sun and stuff, stuff, stuff. Anyway, let's keep going. I could just keep going into that. So righteousness, peace, and joy, all right? Peace. We know that uh, God, we are at peace with God. Romans 5.1, go back and read that. I, I forgot to put that one in here, but that uh, we now have peace with God. Now, um, so rest in your new creation, eternally righteous identity in Christ. That finishes that thought. So peace, righteousness, peace, and joy. Know that you're at peace with God. You mess up, do you run from him or do you run to him? And there's this thing going around. A lot of people are posting it. Uh, religion says, uh-oh, I messed up. Dad's going to be mad at me. The gospel or grace or whatever says, uh-oh, I messed up. I need to go talk to my dad. That's the difference. You are at peace with God. Know that inwardly. But it's also physical. Your DNA even reflects as you are at peace in a tranquil state of mind or relaxed or joyful or happy or whatever. Your body works better. It just does. All right? And then the next one, joy. Joy is a response. So get a picture of joy in your mind. What does it look like? What does joy look like for you in your mind when you've got joy on the inside? What does that look like? I got some good news. Watch this. Next. This is the definition of joy. Calmly happy and well off. And to rejoice exceedingly. Amen. If joy is... You think that's not joy, that's part of the definition. That's my joy. Woo! Might be your joy, I don't know. Now, if that's your joy, don't be looking at me telling me I got to have your joy. Please! The church, <laughs> that'll be a snapshot, Courtney will pull that up. <laughs> I got to be careful. I'm telling you, the religion does that. You're not joyful enough. You need to jump up and down and yell and scream and wave a flag and run around seven times. Well, I'm calmly happy. <laughs> Are you with me? Joy is a response. It's a response to knowing you're in right standing, knowing that you're at peace, letting that peace that passes understanding, quit trying to figure it out, quit worrying, the stress, the fear, the da, da, da. put your mind at peace. I'm at peace with God, and joy rises up. Man, I'm, I'm just, I'm good. I'm good. God and I are good. I know that he's active. He's alive. He's working in my life. But it's an engagement. 
Because there is that aspect of putting in the sickle and reaping the harvest. Act. Bring those thoughts captive to what Christ was obedient to. Engage in that mental warfare. Use the truth of Scripture to renew your mind of who you are in Him. Use these meditative techniques that you know of just relaxing your body. You at any moment can choose to sit, take a deep breath, let your shoulders hang, go through whatever kind of exercises you want. And, you know, as you physically relax, you can start to internally as well. But it's a choice. God's just not going to show up and go, and you're at peace. Now, what message you're hearing has a lot to do with what kind of peace you can enter into as well. That's why I think, man, the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ must be preached. The good news that God is no longer angry with you. He will no longer rebuke you. That his covenant of peace, peace is everlasting. Amen? Amen? That's why we talk about those things. So that your heart will not constrict his action in your life. And so that you will engage in transformation and say no to sin. You don't even desire it anymore. Because your life, your desires match the magnetic field of God coming out of you. And your desires engage, you know, it's like, that's why sin's hard, you know. You're going against what he's leading. And then you feel guilty and you hide and shameful and you don't talk about it. You're going against what's naturally coming out of you. Which is transformative. Amen? And then you carry it. This is the last one. Cultivate righteousness, peace, and joy within so the kingdom will increase in you and through you. The kingdom of God is in you. And as you let God rule and reign within your heart and your mind and in your soul, that's where, God, that's where the kingdom is. It's within. So let him reign in there. And then he will reign through you. And at some point, whatever the future looks like, there will be a physical reigning of him on this planet or the new one or whatever, however you want to say it. But cultivate, one last time, cultivate righteousness, peace, and joy within so the kingdom will increase in you and through you. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for so much. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you that you have delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into your kingdom. We thank you that you planted, you've sealed us, you've given us your spirit for that future promise. We thank you that your kingdom is alive and active. That realm within which you reign is in me, so I am choosing to let you reign in me and through me. And I will do that by putting on my new creation identity in my mind so that I'm in agreement with what you have accomplished in me and through me as it changes my desires, it changes my, my, my perspective of the world so that I bring hope. I'm a hope bringer as I experience your kingdom inwardly. If I want to see the kingdom outside of me, I need to choose to experience it inside of me so that I can carry it into the world around me. We trust you, we yield to you. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. And thank you to those of you who support Forward Ministries financially. You truly are changing the way the world sees God. You're helping people detox from performance-based religion and experience God's love for them. We're committed to helping you renew your mind so you'll experience transformation and move forward in every area of your life. 
I pray you're making this heart journey. Visit my website at clintbyers.com for hundreds of free teachings and articles that will empower you to renew your mind and put on your eternal identity in Christ. I'm especially excited about my tools for transformation that have original music and modern technology designed to help you slow down and connect with the Spirit of God in your heart. I'd like to invite you to partner with Forward Ministries. Help us continue to spread the gospel and develop resources that are empowering people to grow in their identity in Christ. Thank you again for joining me. I pray God's blessings and promises over you and your family today.